check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome, one and all, to the Gridiron Heroics Football Show. I'm Max Dean, and I am excited to bring you the first ever episode in our brand new podcast. So today, I'm going to explain what the show is all about. We're going to have some featured guests, some Gridiron Heroics football writers, some of the owners of gridironheroics.com. I'll tell you all about what to expect over the coming weeks, including both the preseason and the regular season once we get into it. So I am Max Dean. As you all know, you can find me on Twitter at TheMaxDean. And I'm just happy to be here. That's what I want to tell you guys first and foremost. I love football. I love the NFL. This podcast is about football in general across the board. NFL, CFB, we're going to be talking about fantasy. We're going to be talking about uh, weekly picks. We're going to be talking about anything that has to do with the sport itself. I will warn you, we will probably be a little bit heavier on the NFL side than CFB, but don't worry, we won't leave it behind. It will still be a part of the show. So let me go ahead and walk you through what to expect from the show today. After our initial introduction, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, Julius Lux. He is going to be the anchor for our news tidbits section of the podcast, and you will get to hear him covering all football news every Wednesday and Friday show. After we get to know him a little bit, we're going to have a conversation with Keegan Rush, one of the owners of gridironheroics.com. And after that, we're going to have Robin Adams, another owner of gridironheroics.com. We're going to close out the show with a longer conversation with three other writers, and we are going to be talking about all of our various football interests and what to expect from their contributions to the Gridiron Heroics football show. With that being said, I'm very happy to welcome Julius Lux, writer for gridironheroics.com. He covers the Dallas Cowboys. He will be doing articles on college recruiting. He is about to start grad school at Iona University for sports media communication and, of course, the anchor for our News Tidbits segment. How are you doing today, my friend? First off, thank you for having me on the show as well as, you know, for more episodes to come. I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, I just, I've been doing football media for a while and nothing crazy big, but I'm just so grateful to be part of gridironheroics.com and essentially the platform that it's going to offer all of us to communicate with each other to talk about football every single day. I mean, doing a football podcast three days a week, that's a dream for me. So no matter how serious I get, no matter what I say, honestly, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that you cover the Cowboys. I know you're a Cowboys fan. How did that happen? How did you come to be a Dallas Cowboys fanatic and a football fan in general? So we're going to wind the clocks back to when my dad was a child. Um, his first football game he ever watched was the Monday night football game with the Cowboys and the Vikings. And that is when Tony Dorsett ran a 99-yard touchdown, which set an NFL record, which only has been done once afterwards, Derrick Henry, of course. And that kind of made him fall in love with the Dallas Cowboys. So I was just kind of, you know, born and raised a Cowboys fan. And Demarcus Ware was my favorite player growing up. I also love Jason Witten. And then Des Br- after Demarcus Ware's era was over, Des Bryant became my favorite. And since I've been a part of Grand Heroics, it's helped me 
be like so much more connected to football to where I'm even like super ecstatic for the football season to begin, especially going to New York where in Florida, where I'm originally from and I'm at right now, college football is huge down here because you have the Florida Gators, the Florida state Seminoles who won a few national, who won a national championship a few years ago in the Jameis Winston time, the Miami hurricanes, of course, back when they dominated college football, UCF is a big school down here. And the only time the NFL has really been, you know, popular in Florida since I've been alive was when Tom Brady decided to join the Buccaneers. <laughs> now all of a sudden everyone's a Bucks fan and everyone's wearing Tom Brady, Mike Evans jerseys. That's the only time I've ever seen that. So going from a college football state to a state where even though there's not a whole lot of success in their home state for football, the NFL is much mm -hmm. more popular in New York. Yeah. So that's going to be very fun, honestly. And hopefully I can get to catch, you know, a Giant or Jets game while I'm up there. So I've just been so connected with sports and it's been a huge dream and goal of mine to work in the sports world for a profession. So I will warn you that New York is not diehard football in the way that Florida is. As someone who currently lives in Austin, Texas, spent... Mm the eight years prior to that living in Florida, but grew up in New York, I can tell you right now, it's just not the same. Now, I, I am, I'm not saying anything about Bill's Mafia or anything <laughs> like that. And, and you know, the NFL is big in New York City. I mean, the Jets and Giants are very popular. And when they're good, the fans are definitely vocal about it. But it's truly not even in the same universe as what football is down in the South. Uh, what the SEC is, or or even Big Twelve football in certain parts of, of the Southwest over here, it's 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 just not the same. So I do hope that either the Jets or the Giants are good for while you're there because it's going to make your experience a lot more fun uh, as a, a football fan in that region. But yeah, unless you're in Western New York, which you won't be going to Iona. It's it's just different there. I mean, there there are schools around. I mean, you've got Rutgers, but you know, it's just like I said, it's truly truly not the same. I am a New York Jets fan, so I hope the team does well. Aside from just you being there for personal reasons, of course. But uh, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about some of the individual natures of our teams going forward because we are going to be doing a division by division breakdown for the entire NFL. So on Wednesday, we will be jumping right into the NFC East. You will be hearing from Julius again, uh, both for his first true news tidbits segment, as well as the Dallas Cowboys segment. And we're going to touch on, of course, all four teams from the NFC East. And then on Friday, you will hear all about the AFC East. And we're going to have a whole bunch of guests on for that as well. But today, again, I just, I really want to talk about what this show is all about as, as fans really more than anything, because even though we are writers and podcasters and football media content creators, we are ultimately fans at heart. That's why we got into talking about this all to begin with. So let me ask you, Julius, what Cowboys games have you been to live? I know you're kind of out of the way there, but I'm sure, just considering how big of a team they are and, and what it's like to go to those games, have you been able to make it to any? So I've been to Dallas twice. That was a great experience. But just to uh, wind the clocks back again, um, I went to a Tampa Bay Bucks 
and Dallas Cowboys game. And this was when I was probably like in fifth or sixth grade. So this is a, a pretty long time ago. And I went, that was like the DeMarcus Ware, Jason Wynn, Tony Romo. Um, and the reason I remember this is because my dad taught a former wide receiver named Laurent Robinson in school. And mm-hmm. Laurent Robinson played one season for Dallas. And that was his, that was his career year for him. He had, he had over a thousand receiving yards that season. And somehow, some way, his mom crossed paths with my dad, like at the game. And I remember his mom and my dad kind of catching up. And she was just like, if you want to come meet Laurent and some of the team after the game, you know, you're more than welcome to join us. We can get you in. And of course, little like nine, 10, 11 year old me is getting all <laughs> hyped and so excited. However, we couldn't do that because we took a shuttle to the game. So we couldn't miss a shuttle to the hotel. So that was one of those moments, those what if moments, you know, (laughs) and then um, that was my first ever NFL game. And then when I was 16, my birthday present was a trip to Dallas for a game and we saw them play the Rams. This was the year, I, I believe this was the year when the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff and the Cowboys blew a three touchdown lead. I want to say going into halftime, lost the game. That was very depressing. But we got to tour the stadium, the practice, the practice facilities, like that, the locker room, like all that was cool. And then I recently actually went this past November to the game where they played the Falcons and absolutely destroyed them. It was like 42 to three. Like it was a brutal blowout. Blocked punt for a touchdown, a pick six, just about anything you could think of. Seemed like everybody got like a nice taste in the end zone, it seemed like. So that was that was the last time I've been to Tampa. I mean, I've been to um, Dallas, so I've been to a couple. So it was definitely a good year to go to any game uh, where your team played against the Falcons this past <laughs> year, no doubt. Except for the Jets, actually. Oh, Jets geez. went and got beaten by the Falcons in London this past year. But, you know, that's a recurring theme as a fan. I've been to a few Jets games now. Originally from Western New York, I didn't grow up close to the stadium, and I didn't really get into football until I was a little bit later on in life. I wasn't exposed to it, really. The Bills weren't great, so there wasn't a lot of hype in the area. And I just didn't really have a football family. Like, I didn't have, like, my dad, you know, famously my dad will partly in jest, but partly in serious say, wait, which one's football? Is that the the oval one? Like, he knows, Mm. but but barely, (laughs) you know? So I just didn't grow up with that. And it wasn't until college where I had a number of roommates who were big into the Jets, uh, who were big into football, originally from downstate New York, that I kind of uh, fell in love with the sport. And I just wanted to learn everything about it. You know, jumping forward about 10 years after college, I got into the bar and restaurant business and hotels. And I love it. I've always loved it. I had a, a lot of passion for it. But in the back of my mind, I always wish that I could have gotten into football. And initially, I just felt like I came to the sport so late. I just I didn't really know what a pathway to that would look like. But it just hung around and it hung around in the back of my mind. And uh, eventually, when the pandemic hit in 2020, I we had just had my second son, like just had him two weeks before everything went into lockdown. And so I decided I was going to try and use that time to spend as much time with my two boys as possible, both of whom were really young. 
but also to try and transition into a different line of work, one that I had been wanting to for a very long time. So I just started podcasting about the NFL. I started uh, making videos for YouTube. I just started teaching myself everything that I possibly could that came to uh, self-produced media. And long story short, there were up and down times with that, moments where you kind of ask yourself, like, what am I doing? Is this worthwhile? Am I just completely wasting my time? But now I'm here. Now I'm doing this show, and I'm, I'm so happy about it. But as far as going to those Jets games, I, uh, <laughs> I've only been to one that was any good. I went to a couple of games, one where the Jets went to Buffalo uh, in 2017, not not the best team, but I was just there at the time. I was I was visiting from Florida, so I wanted to get that. That game was pretty brutal. There was <laughs> there was a Bills fan behind me, uh, just screaming the entire game to play Nathan Peterman, who was a rookie at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> if that really tells you anything about the the general Very experience, well. the, the the Jets lost to that Bills team, um, who I think they actually did end up going to the playoffs that year with Tyrod Taylor. But still, it just it wasn't the best game overall. I also went to a game that they lost in Miami, which is always fun. I like going to football games in Miami, especially for the Jets. It's 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 almost a home game uh, <laughs> because there are so many New Yorkers down there. Mm-hmm. But the best game that I went to was also in Miami, and that was although it was the game in which Darrell Rivas tore his ACL in 2012. In the actual oh, stadium, I didn't know that that had happened. Obviously, we knew he was hurt, but we didn't know the extent of it. Uh, right. So that was pretty brutal. But they ended up winning in overtime. Santonio Holmes caught a deep pass down the sideline, coming straight towards the end zone where we were sitting. And uh, and they kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime. I went there with a couple of other Jets fans I had met down in Florida. And so that was definitely my most fun experience going to games. But largely, just because I've always been so far away from an NFL stadium, especially one where my favorite team was playing. I have generally watched games home uh, by myself or with just a few friends, Um, especially once I kind of got out out of going to the bars. You know, I grew out of that a little bit, but honestly, that's just given me the opportunity to watch as many games as possible at once and and really enjoy that, that Sunday experience. So Julius, I want to thank you so much for being here today. It's a nice quick segment. We're going to get into all of our other guests. Coming up, we have Keegan Rush, one of the co-owners of GridironHeroics.com. And before I let you go, I want to ask you, do you have a social media for all of our listeners to follow you? Do you have anything for for people? Or let them know where to find you, I guess. Awesome. So um, on Twitter, I am GotJuice44. That's a nickname I got in high school, so don't don't sound weird with the name. But um, (laughs) GotJuice44 on both Instagram and Twitter. Right on. And you can find all of Julius's written work on the Cowboys and college recruiting at gridironheroics.com and tune in on Wednesday for our first ever news tidbits segment. Julius, thank you. And I will see you soon. Thank you again for having me continue. And I'll look forward to working with you in the future. I am ecstatic to welcome one of the owners of gridironheroics.com, as well as a couple of other sports websites, which we will talk about in just a moment, Keegan Rush. How are you doing today, Keegan? I'm doing great, Max. Thanks for uh, having me on and being a part of this endeavor. 
Absolutely. I'm grateful for the opportunity to host this show. Uh, you know, doing a football podcast that I get to put out multiple times a week is a dream. It's so immersive to be part of something like that with the sport that I love so much. So what I'd like to do today in this little conversation that we're having is to talk a little bit about the background of gridironheroics.com, why you wanted to start it, some of your other websites that led you up to this, and of course, how you became a football fan to begin with. So first of all, when you were getting together to start this site, where did that all come from? Absolutely. So it came more so as a um, an extension of other things that I've done in the past. About 12 years ago, I started a website called shycitysports.com, which was a Chicago sports blog. And it primarily focused on message board and fan interaction and community. And over the years, our focus shifted more towards the website and the homepage aspect, which homepage being articles, blogs, listicles, stuff like that. And along the way and kind of over the years, I, I met a gentleman named Matt. And Matt runs the Wisconsin version of Shy City Sports. And just from being acquaintances over the years, we kind of combined forces. And, you know, now I help out with Wisconsin Sports Heroics, which is his version, you know, on the Wisconsin side of things. He has two co-owners that, you know, I've met from jumping on with them, McQuaid and Robin. And both of them are co-founders of Gridiron Heroics. So it was kind of a culmination of my time on the Chicago spectrum, their side on the Wisconsin spectrum. And we kind of combined to, you know, really blow this up. And what I would consider Gridiron Heroics to be is, and, and a lot of people don't remember this, but when Bleacher Report started, it was the same exact model where they had a lot of freelance writers that, you know, came under one umbrella and they published different articles for the different teams. And once they got large enough, it became more of a, an actual organization where, you know, they had a headquarters and it became more of just, uh, you know, we're kind of winging this thing and we're going to make this more professional and we're going to standardize, you know, ways of operating. So when I first came on board Gridiron Heroics, the first thing that jumped out at me was the overwhelming enthusiasm of everybody involved. So as you kept adding writers and writers and writers, and I was there from, I don't know, probably the first couple of days that the site was live is when I popped in. And as I just saw it growing exponentially in talent over those few days, I immediately realized that we've got to do some multimedia stuff with this. I know we're brand new, but we got to jump into this because this is such a tremendous opportunity. There are so many different writers for so many different teams from pros down to college, all levels of college as well. So I started pestering you guys almost uh, immediately like, hey, let's do something. Uh, I have some ideas, yada, yada. And um, and so we had that phone call and I was I was really glad that you were on board with starting something. So I do appreciate that very much. I think that it's such a tremendous opportunity to jump in at this level when it's so new, you know, and we've seen a change so much just just in the past month that it's been there. Yeah, I would definitely say that everybody has, you know, a contagious enthusiasm towards, you know, the growth of the site so far. And we were expecting 
success and, you know, a, a certain level of people wanting to jump in, but it definitely surpassed our expectations, you know, probably fivefold. <laughs> you know, the, the team set up in place, you know, myself, Matt, McQuaid, Robin, we're guys that know 100% what we're doing. So it's not our first rodeo. We've been in this space for damn near a decade. So we have the experience and we, I feel like we have a really strong understanding of how to operate, but also there's always going to be, you know, fun little snags and, and issues that you run into. And luckily we haven't ran into too much so far. You know, I definitely, you know, I'm happy you reached out about jumping on a podcast and expanding our, our multimedia kind of reach because that enthusiasm is definitely contagious. You know, we have writers for Alabama and the New England Patriots, which, you know, to cover those teams is easy. It's mm -hmm. not as it's not as easy to cover the BYU Cougars. And we have a tremendous BYU Cougars writer. So our goal is to provide comprehensive coverage you know, not just for the big teams, you know, we want ECU Pirates coverage because we understand there isn't really an offering out there, you know, on a, a diehard fan level. Myself, I'm a big Chicago Bears fan. And that's why we started the Chicago site because we didn't feel there was an adequate site out there for the diehard fan. Mm -hmm. There's stuff like the Tribune and, you know, um, the kind of mainstream sites, but you know, I want to read the coverage that's actually going to be critical of the team and not be, you know, worried about angering, you know, somebody in their uh, publicist department. Yeah, it's so funny because, so I, I'm a Jets fan and I'm I sorry. Follow, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel your same pain every day. It hurts. Yes. You know, and, and I think one of the things that is very similar to what you just described was my experience. Following the Jets beat closely, you start to become familiar with all the writers as you fall deeper and deeper into the football fandom rabbit hole. And you start to realize that, you know, all of them are essentially writing the same story. They all put out the same thing. The attitudes of the different beat writers across all of the sport, uh, all of the different teams nationwide are so different. Like in New York, you you don't worry about pissing off the the coaches or the publicist department for the most part, like you go pretty hard. Like that's just the kind of the, the mentality of the New York media, but it's true that whatever that mentality is, it always leaves something lacking. And so we've seen this explosion of sports coverage and football coverage from fans over the past, you know, 20 years, but really it's truly ramped up in the past. I want to say, you know. Yeah, I, and I would compare that to, you know, I'm, I'm an overweight dude, so I'm gonna make uh, a little joke here, but, you know, uh, having an understanding of food, I when I want to know a good place to go to, you know, I'm not gonna go to Chili's. I feel like the mainstream coverage of these teams is going to Chili's. You know, I want to mm -hmm. ask the locals what is the good, what is the best bar around here? Who has the best wings? What what's the best spot? You know, that locals go to that gets really good support in the community. That's good food, good times, good vibes, good everything. You know, not to discredit Chili's because you know they're obviously a mega corporation. <laughs> you know, they have a following. I think some country singer did a song about. No, that was Applebee's. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, but they have a following. But you know, 
I want that in-depth coverage that's not going to be, you know, skimming the surface because you are right. It's 100% the same article being, you know, kind of written in different publications. I want to create, you know, a, a community that's able to, you know, push boundaries, but also provide coverage that, you know, fans want to read, not necessarily just the same old, same old, because everybody sees that. Yeah. And incorporating all of those fans and all of those different writers into this one resource gave me just a a tremendous platform to basically reel in. I just throw out a fishing line. I'm like, Hey, who wants to come on the podcast? And I have more, more answers than I even know what to do with. So I've got all of these people who love these teams who just want to write and talk about these teams every single day. And like that, I, I just, I couldn't turn away from that opportunity. So real quick, before we go, I do have to ask you, you're a Chicago sports fan. You're living on the East Coast. How did that come together? How did you become a fan of the Bears? So my family is from right outside of Chicago, probably 60, 70 miles. Uh, I could be a little off there. Rockford, Illinois. So my dad grew up. He was a big Chicago Bears fan. He was in the radio business. So he moved to North Carolina for a radio opportunity in Wilmington before I was even alive. So I grew up in North Carolina. I've lived everywhere from Charlotte to, you know, Raleigh, Cary, Garner, Clayton, just kind of every, you know, little facet, small town in North Carolina. But I'm the only one in the family born outside of Illinois, and I'm the biggest sports fan from that area. So So Chicago sports has a truly special place. And the more I interact with especially football in particular, but the more I interact with sports fans, you know, as I've been doing this thing for a couple of years, it's so abundantly clear that that is one of the most fearsome diehard fan bases around. I mean, there are people who love football in the South. You know, there are people who are huge basketball fans on the West Coast, whether it's New York City, but there's something truly unique about Chicago sports. So it, it, it's been kind of cool to be exposed to that as someone who's never lived in Chicago. I'm from New York, went to Florida, Texas now. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a special kind of cynicism. And you would probably understand a little bit of that being a Jets fan. But I would almost um, add a little bit of emphasis on it's being let down. You know, you love the team so much. And, and with Jay Cutler, we were literally, you know, a game away. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's one of those things of being so close and then just wild disappointment, you know, and the last 15, 20 years haven't been great. But around the time I started my, my Chicago site with my co-owner, Zach, luckily we had the Blackhawks. You know, the Blackhawks were basically a dynasty, mm-hmm. you know, for three, four years. And here recently, you know, they're going through that blow up rebuild, but the the great thing about sports is there's always a story, you know, there's always a team, you know, an up and coming, you know, dynasty of their own. And I would say that's probably what I'm looking most forward to gridiron heroics is the different coverage for the different teams that are on the cusp. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm also a outside of Chicago sports uh, because I never really identified a lot with the fighting Illini even though uh, I remember back in like the Kirk Kittner days, I was like a, a fringe fan. Mm-hmm. So it, it's easy to be a football fan in the South because those SEC teams find a lot of success. Being a fighting Illini fan is hard because, you know, there isn't a lot of success. 
being in North Carolina, I picked uh, up Duke basketball from the J.J. Redick days. So I'm pretty much Bears, Bulls, you know, Cubs and White Sox. I, I'm indifferent. I, I like both of them because I want the, the city to do well in Blackhawks. But I definitely picked things up as a Duke Blue Devil fan. And you can't follow that football team. It's damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've never really had a strong college football team to identify with. So I've always been a general fan and, you know, general coverage of NCAA football is you, you keep track of like the top stat performers, you know, the Heisman race, stuff like that. And I've, I've gravitated towards following the SEC, even though I don't necessarily have a team, but you're right. The coverage of, you know, SEC football in the South is it, it's something else. It's like New York basketball. It's like LA basketball football in the South. It's just different. And it's hard to kind of put that into words, but whenever you make that saying, people generally know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's true. And I think it's, it's tough to really experience unless you've, you've lived there for a while and you really get it. But I I mean, I'm the same because as a, a guy from Western New York, there aren't really a lot of college football teams that close. You know, there's Syracuse, which again, I think probably even more so than Duke. It's like, it's, it's tough to really get on board with that. Plus it wasn't that close. You know, there are, there's a uh, Penn state. There's a number of Penn state fans up there, but really it's, it, it just doesn't have that same life to it that it does down South. So I got into college football largely as an ancillary piece of NFL football in that I wanted to know about all the teams and all the coaches and all the players specifically to understand in great detail who's coming up into the league and what the draft process is going to look like, you know, and all the nuance there. But, you know, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time tremendously. And again, I appreciate very much the opportunity to do this podcast. I'd love to have you on sometime again in the future. The summer is jam-packed. I can't wait for you to listen to all of our divisional shows we're going to be talking about every team in the NFL with just so many gridiron heroics writers but again thank you Keegan and I will catch you very soon awesome thank you Max I appreciate it all right I am very excited to welcome Robin Adams one of the co-owners of gridironheroics.com one of the co-owners of wisconsinsportsheroics.com Uh, one of our featured writers, of course, and the host of the Cheese Dads podcast, which covers all Wisconsin sports. Robin, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on. How are you? Absolutely. My pleasure. I am doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be recording our first ever episode of the Gridiron Heroics football show. I hear uh, (laughs) your kids in the background. I'm a dad myself, two young ones. One's two years old, one three years old. So it's always challenging to uh, <laughs> to get those quiet moments, but we do what we can. So what I want to hear about from you today to tell our listeners a little bit of the background of Gridiron Heroics. And for that, you've got to go all the way back to Wisconsin Sports Heroics. How did that all come about? What made you want to take part in that? And how did it develop? So I started writing for Wisconsin Sports Heroics about two and a half years ago. And I uh, was answering a Facebook post in, in a Packer fan group or a Brewers fan group or some fan group that I was in from one of the old owners of the site asking for 
uh, writers, and it was right when it was starting out, so I was one of the first writers to uh, join on to what was then called Overtime Heroics Wisconsin, which was a branch off of Overtime Heroics. Eventually, it got so big that it separated itself, and we rebranded the name to Wisconsin Sports Heroics, kind of keeping with our origin there with the name. And over the last six months, Wisconsin Sports Heroics has been growing exponentially more than we had ever thought it would. And so we decided that we would take the next step. And since the Packers are getting our, what are responsible for most of our engagement online, that we would branch out into the entire football universe, college and NFL, and not just in Wisconsin, but all over the country. Right on. So... Let's go back a little bit farther even. How about your Packers fandom? I know just from interacting with you on our Slack that you are a big-time Packers fan, and you are all over their stories faster than I can even comprehend. How did that all come to be for you? Well, when you're born in Wisconsin, you're born with it. It's just (laughs) the way it is. Uh, My dad uh, was a big Packer fan, is a big Packer fan, uh, always enjoyed watching games with him. So just every Sunday when I was a kid watching the Packers, watching Brett Favre uh, do what Patrick Mahomes is doing now and getting angry at people think that Mahomes is so great because he's the first one to ever do it when Brett Favre was doing it 20 (laughs) years ago. But I digress. (laughs) It's just, it's just a lot of fun to be in Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers are such a great organization because they are the only community-owned team in professional sports. And so there are so many stories and there are so many opportunities to get to know the players on a more personal level than you would get in any other market. So it's just really something special that we get to do covering the Packers. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. There is definitely some fan jealousy over here. I'm a fan of the Jets. The Jets are who I write about for gridironheroics.com. I also do some contract and salary cap stuff as well. But it has not been as fun to be a Jets fan as it has been to be a Green Bay Packers fan. And, you know, in general, maybe not with every sports team, but you've had some pretty solid success across across all Wisconsin sports, I would say. Uh, I mean, an NBA championship the Bucks, an MVP player, you know, the Super Bowl wasn't maybe quite as recent. um, But I would say, you know, overall, almost unmitigated success throughout Aaron Rodgers tenure, you had Brett Favre before that. So it's it's been a nice run for you. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was just talking to my co host on the cheese dad pod how when he and I were kids, Everybody sucked. The Bucks sucked. The Packers sucked. (laughs) And the Brewers sucked worse than sucking. And now all three of our professional teams are perennial playoff contenders. And it's just very exciting to be a Wisconsin sports fan right now. Yeah. Like I said, I am jealous. And to to me personally, I'm not – I enjoy sports. I will watch playoff baseball. I'll watch – playoff basketball, playoff hockey. I won't even necessarily go out of my way to watch it. Uh, But football, football is life for me. I absolutely love the sport, the NFL in particular. It's been tough being a fan of a team that hasn't been good as a result of that. But it's one of the reasons I just was so excited to start this podcast 
that talks about all football. I think probably relatively early in my fandom, I developed interest in all of the other teams and how how football works for all of all of them because if all you're doing is t- tuning in weekly to watch the Jets get get beat up, then you start to look for other ways to enjoy the sport. I think fantasy does that for a lot of people. You know, I definitely find it interesting. But for me, watching the team building process take place, how teams utilize their salary cap, um, how they accumulate players in that way, and the draft, that's what really fascinated me once I started to, to really dive into it. And... You know, it also gives you an idea of why some teams are so successful and why other why others are perennially not. So that's that's really my background. Well, the Jets made a good decision hiring a LaFleur, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting to see how that will happen, how that will evolve over the next year or two. There was good, there was bad, there was a, a tremendous amount of youth for the Jets. There's no two ways about that. We, you talk about the inexperience of the coaching staff, uh, the inexperience of the players being one of the youngest teams in the league for substantial you know, parts of last year. And even leading up, they've, they've uh, signed a few more veterans at this point. So I don't think they're the youngest anymore. But I'm hopeful that, that uh, our LaFleur can be even a, a fraction of as successful as your LaFleur was, <laughs> I will say that. So I talked to Keegan in the segment before this. I've talked to one of our other writers, Julius, who's going to be doing our new segment uh, for, the, for the podcast going forward. And after this, I'll be talking to three more Gridiron Heroics writers who are, have their own focus. They each write about a specific team, but we have one who focuses on the draft a little bit more. We have one who focuses a little bit more on fantasy and another one who's going to be helping with game recaps uh, for the early Monday show after all of the NFL games on Sunday. So I'm going to get a chance to really flesh out what we all want out of Gridiron Heroics and what we all want out of this particular podcast. What do you see as the future of gridironheroics.com and the podcast and other multimedia outlets? I think that Gridiron Heroics is just going to be a solid football site. And what I'm really proud of, the most part so far, has been how we are attacking markets within college football that don't get the the recognition that they deserve. We have Mm -hmm. FCS uh, writers that are dedicated to making sure that the FCS gets covered just as much as the rest of the power conferences and things like that. And I just think that's really great because we are, you know, we talk about different market sizes and how it's unfair in the media that some teams get more coverage than others. And I think that what Gridiron is going to do is going to be bringing a lot of equity to the coverage of the football teams, especially in college. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Obviously, the NFL gets the most publicity overall. You step down one level, then it's SEC, then Big Ten. And then after that, it starts to dwindle pretty rapidly. You know, if you are on the West Coast, you do get some more Pac-12 coverage. But especially as we are potentially evolving into some of those super conferences, what already exists will only be more so the case. So I do absolutely agree with you. 
that a website that offers people daily news updates, opinions, you know, even historical historical articles looking back on a lot of those realms of football, especially college football, smaller division football that are not talked about that much is a really, really cool thing. And I do, I do 100% agree that that's something unique that we have to offer. Yeah. Like some of our writers right now are recent college graduates with journalism degrees. And some of our writers are in their mid thirties and have never been a professional journalist before like me. And then we have some that are retired from 45 years of journalism experience. And we're all together on this site creating great football content. And it's just, it's a really cool group to be a part of. Yeah, what it immediately took me aback as soon as I joined on was just the overall enthusiasm level. And it, it's so cool to be in an environment where there are literally just hundreds of writers who are as passionate about the sport, who are as interested in making this their full-time job. And I, it's, it's a really great energy to be a part of. Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I just wanted to tell all of our listeners about the backstory of Gridiron Heroics and what we are really all about. So before I go, I do just want to give you the opportunity to tell everybody where they can find you on social media, uh, what your Twitter Twitter handle is, and where they can find you on gridironheroics.com. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at the other Robin 19 or the Cheese Dads Pod, Sports Pod on Twitter. I run both of those accounts. You can also find me on the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Twitter account. You can also find all my writing on Wisconsin Sports Heroics, Gridiron Heroics, and I also cover Wisconsin Sports for sportsnot.com. So you can find any of my work there. You are a man of many talents and many Twitter accounts. All right, everyone, stay tuned because we are about to talk to Usaid Koshul, Matthew Brown, and Dave Guberman. All right, guys, I am very excited to welcome three Gridiron Heroics football writers today. First, we have Usaid Koshul. He is a Gridiron Heroics writer for the Chicago Bears. He also covers the draft, and you can find him on the Bear Report from 24-7 Sports and CBSI. We have Matthew Brown, a.k.a. Matt. He writes about the Packers, the Michigan Wolverines, and fantasy football. And we have Dave Guberman, who writes for Gridiron Heroics on the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, he has a master's in sports communication from Syracuse University as well. So three guys who I'm very excited to talk to today and give you a little bit of what this show is going to be like as we roll through the rest of the summer and hit the regular season. So first up, Usaid, tell us a little bit about yourself. Again, I'm happy to have you. And I want everybody who listens to know who you are. Yeah, so first things first, Max, thanks so much for having me on. As you kind of mentioned, I'm Usaid Koshal, so I've spent six years now covering the Chicago Bears for multiple media outlets. I've covered the NFL draft um, for about four years now. I've written for multiple websites. I am also a um, freshman football coach for a local high school here. I've lived in the Illinois area for about the last 15 years of my life. Um, and yeah, I've got a whole bunch of like different experiences, like 
couple different jobs that I've done, but you know, I'm excited to be on here. So thanks so much for the invite and really excited to get this thing going. My pleasure. And Usaid is going to be talking about the Bears when we do have our NFC North divisional episode, but he is going to be joining me throughout the summer and into the regular season to talk about the current rookie class. And then of course, the prospects going forward that we'll be seeing in the 2023 draft cycle. Matt, please tell our good listeners who you are and what brings you to this podcast. Well, this is uh, my first kind of dip in the pool of sports reporting. Um, I'm a jack of all trades kind of person. I've spent time in retail. I worked at the Disney store for two and a half years. I spent time in senior living entertainment uh, and I currently work at a bank, but I've been a uh, sports fan my whole life, you know, been totally immersed in that world. So it kind of translates very, very easily. Um, I also am a huge fan of like pop culture things. So um, I run uh, two podcasts, uh, the Beers and Ears podcast, which is a Disney podcast and discontinued on display in which my co-host and I run a fake museum full of discontinued items. So um, I like talking and uh, you said, let's talk about sports. And I said, I'm in. So thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. And Matthew, of course, will be joining us also for the NFC North episode. Well, he will talk about the Packers and he is going to be talking about fantasy football along with numerous other Gridiron Heroics writers as we lead up to the season. He will be on the fantasy football primer right before the season starts and we'll be talking with him weekly as well once the regular season is underway dave i'm excited to have you you're going to be serving a key purpose on this show for which i'm very grateful you are going to be talking about all of the games that were on sunday nfl football he's going to stay up late with me he's going to cover the games i'm going to edit them all night and you will have fresh recaps every single monday morning so first and foremost, thank you for that, because that's a lot of work. Please tell everybody how you came to be a part of this show. Of course, happy to. Um, again, thanks, Max, for having me on. Honored to be a part of the first pilot episode that we got going for Gridiron Heroics, the podcast. Um, you kind of went into my background a little bit, um, but I, ha- like you said, I have a master's degree from Syracuse. Um, and I've spent some time, kind of like you said, writing for a couple different online websites, publications over the past few years, um, previously serving as a, a Tennessee Titans columnist for a website as well. So I was also the, the Syracuse men's uh, soccer team beat writer back when I was there as well. But football is kind of one of my main focuses and may have all, has always been one of my main passions. So that's why I'm super excited to, to be here and kind of be on with you guys today. Yes, and I'm more than happy to kind of stay up late. Um, by, na- by my nature, I'm a night owl, so 9, 10 o'clock can sometimes be my dinner time. So uh, i got no problem staying up late, watching the games. Usually I'll watch the highlights of the games two or three times even on my own without having to do this. So I won't be doing anything that I wouldn't be doing already. So um, like I said, happy to be here and happy to be a part of it. So Usaid. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you became a Bears fan, right? Because we are all fans of the NFL. We that, That's how we became interested in pursuing something like this. In some of the other segments with other guests, I've talked a little bit about myself as a Jets fan. And yes, it has been difficult. We're all 
We've all had our moments. I will say, not you, Matt. You, you've been pretty lucky. But you say you're kind of with me right now. We're trying to get out of this this mire that is uh, uh, being irrelevant. But tell me how you got there and wh- how you're how you're sticking through it all. Yeah. So you know, funny enough, my family moved to Chicago. Well, you want to say the Chicagoland area around 2007. Um, like I said before we recorded, my dad, his two brothers grew up New York Giants fans. So I've done a Giants podcast in the past and I always tell people like I have a special place in my heart for the New York Giants, but I still think they're more relevant than the Bears are right now. <laughs> um, but how I became a Bears fan is, you know, my first NFL game was a Sunday night game in 2007 with the Bears and Packers. So just what a way to kind of get acclimated to the rivalry, you know, and that was real awesome because it was just an opportunity to kind of, you know, fall in love with football and the Bears at that point. So from that point on, like, you know, I watched the Bears as much as I could. Obviously, you know, I grew up watching like Devin Hester, Brian Erlacher, all those guys um, to this day. And one of my good friends is a Steelers fan, by the way. And me and him always go back and forth and kind of just say that, you know, the Steelers have had great defenses in the past, but the Bears have had even better defenses. And then I want to say my senior year of high school, you know, I took a journalism class second semester. I didn't really think much of it, but by the time the spring semester of my freshman year of college rolled around, you know, what happened is I was ready to kind of get started in sports media and journalism. And so now, you know, when people ask me, they're like, well, you cover the bears. And I'm like, you know, and you're a bears fan. So how do you kind of find that fine line between like being a fan, but also being a writer and analyzing this team. And I say, I'm like, look, I've got a couple jerseys, you know, some like memorabilia and stuff just laying around the house. I went to the hall of fame last summer and got this like limited edition Walter Payton bobblehead, which sits (laughs) on my desk, but you know, kind of just getting back to like the general discussion. I think the big thing is that for me, like part of the fun of being a fan and getting to cover the team that I grew up watching is just the fact that I'm able to be objective and, you know, not necessarily biased. So like if the bears are trash and if you go look at my previous work, I will tell you like this is exactly where they suck. If they're doing great, I'll tell you this is exactly where they're doing great. But I would just say, you know, the enjoyment kind of comes in being able to cover a team. Cause I think that a lot of people, you know, they kind of grow up hoping to work in sports media and journalism, but some just, are uncertain of how to go about it or they realize it's too much work and it's something I don't want to do and I'm just better off being a casual fan. But, you know, I've enjoyed just doing it. And, you know, I like to tell people like, hey, every year gets more exciting and more fun. And I think that, you know, this year, which is year six for me, is going to be the best one yet. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I did not enter right into sports journalism at all. Uh, in, I didn't even really discover my passion for football until college just because I wasn't really brought up in that world. I'm not one of those football fans who had it handed down, handed down to me by parents or anything like that. Um, I discovered it kind of slowly leading up into my sophomore year of college where I had a couple of roommates who were big Jets fans. I ended up watching, that just happened to be 2009, when Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez were actually, you know, doing something and I had no real concept of what that actually meant but it was fun and it sucked me in and by 2010 I was uh, about a diehard as diehard a fan as you could be with that little of experience but I've been there all along the way now I never really thought that I could 
get into something like this just because I came to it so late. You know, I didn't really understand football. I didn't, there's no way that I could have started pursuing that at that time, or so I thought. Jump forward a bunch of years. I had my second son minutes before the pandemic. Like, seriously, two weeks after he was born, it hit. And so I've t- I kind of told this story a little bit earlier. But basically, as soon as I realized I was going to be home for a while, I said, I want to do two things. I want to spend time with my sons. And I want to try and get into football media. And I have just been busting my butt ever since. I've taught myself everything I could about podcasting, about video production, and about the sport of football in general. And I feel so grateful to be part of gridironheroics.com and specifically this podcast, which I am just incredibly enthusiastic to grow into just the biggest thing that we can. So Matt, how did you become a Packers fan? I spoke to Robin earlier and he said, basically, if you're born in Wisconsin, you just are one. Is that what happened to you? Here's the thing. I'm not born in Wisconsin. Uh, my parents are. And so that was how I, I became a Packers fan. But I was actually raised in Flint, Michigan. So uh, while I consider myself to be the most spoiled NFL fan because I am 31 years old, meaning by the time I have memories, it was Brett Favre. And now I'm <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers. And those are the two quarterbacks I have lived my entire life with. Um, however, because I grew up in Michigan, I watched a lot of Lions games meaning I am very well-versed in defeat, agonizing (laughs) defeat, getting your heart just ripped out. Um, I watched every single game of that 0-16 season, and and it was was an experience, an experience, I will say that. Um, But yeah, with with my parents growing up in, in Wisconsin, my grandparents were there had tons of relatives that were Packers fans. And so that was just what I was, I was told I was a Packers fan and uh, the other sports like baseball, basketball, hockey, other stuff like that. I kind of chose my own team. This is the one that I did not choose. So um, yeah, I I actually have never lived in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I I currently live in Illinois now, but um, uh, uh, I I'm in the, I'm, basically Wisconsin in terms of what Illinois is. I'm in the way Northern part, but uh, that's been the team that I just die hard cheer for. And it's been a ton of fun to, to write, write about them and to kind of jump off the a previous conversation. I think there's this narrative that being a fan makes it so you couldn't cover your team. And I don't know where that narrative came from because I almost find that the people that I like the most are the ones that you can tell are actual fans and not completely objective. I want a little bit of craziness in my articles. I want <laughs> someone to be a complete homer and, and be like, I am all in on this person. And I, that's, that's, I, I love it. So it's a lot of fun to be able to say outlandish things and, uh, and have stats to back it up, not just cr- say wild things, but to be able to be a fan, but also have stats to back up why you're being a fan. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think there's a place for all of it just because everybody wants something a little bit different. You know, there are fans who want all of their Packers media, their Jets media, their Bears media to come through people who are as desperate for that team to win as they are. And then there's people who want that objective person, like the truly objective person, whatever that really means. And then there's the people who they only want to read the articles that trash their favorite team because they're just super negative. Like that's, that's 
the world in a nutshell, right? So I think there is room for all of it. Now, Dave, you are a Titans guy from Tennessee, right? Incorrect. Like Matt, actually, I've never lived in Tennessee, so I'm kind of a unicorn, but I can give you my short story kind of why I am the way that I am if you want, but but keep keep going. Oh, well, so you are a Tennessee fan that has now, have you relocated to Baltimore or have you always been in Baltimore? So I, I moved to Baltimore when I was 10 years old. So I've been here the last uh-huh. 21 years, but prior to that, I was born and originally from Los Angeles. Gotcha. So tell us about the history of your Tennessee Titans fandom, how a kid from LA became a fan of a team from Nashville. Yes, yes, happy to. And if I had a nickel for every time that I've told this story, I'd be a millionaire. But yeah, so sports-wise, all of my loyalties and my affiliations are LA. So I bleed purple and gold with the Lakers. Um, I'm a diehard Dodger fan. Um, I'm a Kings fan who went nuts during their two Stanley Cup runs back in 2014 and 2012. Um, But football has always been my outlier. So growing up in L.A., uh, short story, growing up in L.A., there were no teams in L.A. The Rams were the L.A. Rams, but they moved to St. Louis like 92 or 93 when I was a baby. So growing up, there were no NFL teams in L.A. I mean, there were the Chargers in San Diego and the Raiders in Oakland, but we had no team. So my first opening or my first exposure to pro football was the 99 Super Bowl. So that was the first game I really watched from start to finish. I I was eight years old. And that was between the Titans and the Rams, which I I think we all can remember. Um, We don't we don't need to get Mm -hmm. into what happened, but that's okay. So yes, so and we were still living in LA at the time. And both my parents were all were, were rooting for the Titans, because their attitude was the Rams abandoned LA to go to St. Louis. So screw the Rams, right? So that's why they were all in on the Titans. So because they were, I said, okay, sure, go Titans. And plus the bonus was that my my favorite color has always been blue, which you can see. So ever since that day, I've been a diehard Titans fan. Um, Even a year later, we moved to Maryland. So all of my friends even my brother are all um, lifelong Ravens fans for the most part. I am the outsider. I am the one exception who uh, has stuck to his guns and stayed loyal because I'm not a flip flopper. So I've been, (laughs) I bleed my uh, two tone blue for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, how convenient it would have been to have joined on that Ravens bandwagon back in the day before all of the success, but Yeah, you know, we all have our stories. I'll tell you one real quick. When I was becoming a Jets fan, it was early 2010. I really started to follow what was going on in the league as best I could with my limited experience. I had a girlfriend who was from downstate, uh, from the Westchester County area. Uh, We had met in the end of my sophomore year and... or what was it? yeah it was, we met at the end of my sophomore year I went to visit her parents in the beginning of my junior year very beginning so this was right when the season had pretty much started now I didn't know really jack about football but her dad was a blue collar carpenter from the Bronx big sports gambler he asked me 
he said, he said, who's winning the game tonight? I'm going to put money on it. And it was a Monday night game uh, with the Jets and the Vikings. And I was like, I knew the Jets did pretty well last year. So I said, uh, the Jets. And the Vikings, of course, had Brett Favre at that time. And he was like, all right, whatever you say. Like, he clearly thought I was 100% wrong. But they came through. They won that game. And in that moment, probably less than I thought at the time, I developed a little bit of respect with that with that first real girlfriend dad. And I, I fully committed to the Jets from that point onwards. So that's a little bit of my backstory. I am from New York, not really from New York City per se, but close enough. But that is what solidified my fandom. So I'll tell you another thing. The biggest part of the NFL that I love is the team building process. So when you're, especially when you're a fan of a team that isn't that good, you start to wonder why your team can't put together a roster that's as competitive as some of the others, right? So you start to wonder, why did they sign this player to this big contract? How does that work? Why did they draft this player instead of that player? How does that work? And that is what evolved my passion for the entire NFL. So the draft is one of the things that I am the most fascinated with when it comes to the NFL. So we say, can you tell me a little bit, since you're going to be one of our key draft analysts going forward, how did you fall in love with the draft? And what is it about the draft that makes you want to write about it, talk about it, come on podcasts and share your knowledge about it? Yeah, so funny enough, the first website that I ever wrote for, we were very high on NFL draft coverage. And, you know, two of my really good friends, Jared Feinberg and Cole Topham, you know, really great guys. They're covering the... Panthers, the Chargers, as well as the Arizona State Sun Devils right now for various websites. They do really good draft work. So they kind of got me into the entire process because up till that point, I was just all about, you know, reading kind of predictions and just what people in the national media would throw out there. And so, you know, I got started that way in terms of watching film. And I think I fell in love with the draft specifically because the best part about the draft is that there's always something to talk about, right? Meaning throughout the months of June, earlier portions of July, you know, you could talk about the 2022 draft. You could look ahead to 2023. I think the most underrated thing about the NFL draft is that it really shapes the landscape of the NFL moving forward, right? In terms of you can look at a team and a team may make a certain decision. Now, whether or not that decision pays off is I think a completely separate conversation, but you're looking at the decisions, the draft picks, and you're saying, okay, this is a year that, you know, you had 14 pro bowlers in the first round or, five or six all pro players. This is a year that, you know, the first round wasn't that great, but this team was able to find, you know, a really good wide receiver in the fifth or sixth round. And I think that that's what it's all about is just that the draft is basically anyone from any school from anywhere can kind of, you know, make a name for themselves. And that's what makes it so fun because the reality is that a lot of, you know, casual fans or people that aren't so much in touch with the draft, but maybe diehard NFL fans, they only tend to focus on, you know, the big names and knowing the big names is great and all, but knowing just, you know, the process that goes into it and finding, you know, the next D2, D3 guy, I think is what makes the entire process so fun. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with you. And I think another part is that it just provides so much hope of the unknown. 
everybody might have the next superstar once the draft season concludes. You know, if your team was the worst in football, you get the number one overall pick. If your team was just average, you know, their second round draft selection might be the next Derrick Henry. You know, you just, you never know. And I think that makes the draft really, really exciting. Matt, you're going to be talking about fantasy football for us quite a bit. Now, fantasy is something I love and hate. I have a true love-hate relationship with it because it's fascinating. It sucks you in. You can spend hours thinking about it. And when you're all said and done, you realize that almost nothing of what you have worried yourself with is like a true direct translation to what happens on the NFL football field. What is it that draws you to fantasy personally? I think it is a little bit of why the draft is so interesting, that team building, that I'm building my team. It's also just, I I like games. Like I'm a big tabletop gamer and video gamer. And so that's what kind of drew me into fantasy. It was like, oh, it's like a fun game I can play while watching the game of football. It's a game within a game. This is great. Um, But also like that team building thing of, okay, when I'm drafting my players, what am I making sure that filling this roster spot? Um, what area am I weak in mid season? Okay. What area am I weak in and what do I need to trade for? Who can I target? Uh, it, it, it gives you lower stakes on that. Um, I have to ask you all, did any of you ever play the video game NFL head coach? Any of you know what I'm talking about? I do like vaguely. I've, I've, I might have played it once or twice, but definitely not, definitely not extensively. I did not. I was a huge Madden guy in like the t- early 20 teens, but I'm not a huge gamer. Yeah, so I remember a lot of like the NFL games. I know you had like NFL Street, you had NFL uh, Head Coach, <sighs> NFL and then obviously Street. the big one was Madden, so... I will personally say to this day, NFL Street, before I let Matt go again, NFL Street is the most underrated <laughs> game of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. So NFL head coach was Madden if you took out the actually playing the game and infused all of the like front office things. Mm-hmm. So I loved it because you were like having to re-sign players and decide who you were going to cut and decide what you're going to do with these draft picks. Um, Bill Cower was on the cover of this game. That's how old this game is. And uh, so I, I understand why they only did it two years because uh, it was not for the masses, but that kind of captures the spirit of why I like fantasy football. I love that behind the scenes stuff. I love the trades. I love the, making the decisions on who am I going to start? Who, who, who am I going to reach for in the draft? Who am I believing in this year? Um, and it's just kind of fun, especially if you've got a group of people, like I've been in a fam, my family league. It's a league that I do with, uh, my relatives. And I mean, we get together in the summers and are talking about fantasy football matchups and other stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's really, really fun to kind of have that, have that camaraderie amongst your friends and family. You know, my interest for fantasy has definitely grown with the increased variety of styles that you can play in fantasy. You can, no, I mean, this is nothing new at this point, but now you can play in dynasty leagues. You can play with the salary cap or with your own built-in salary cap. You can change all the settings you could ever want. And now it's a little bit more realistic to play in multiple leagues with different kinds of settings since everything is digital these days 
that's really helped me because it does make it feel a little bit more, a little bit closer to what the NFL and what football actually is on the field. So Dave, like I mentioned before, you are going to be part of a key segment along with one of our other writers, Eric, who will be on the show in just a couple of days to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. But you are going to be helping me recap the Sunday games. And so we're going to talk about essentially the best and most exciting games that happen on Sunday. And we will always hit Sunday night football as well. So I'm not necessarily going to ask you what got you interested in recapping games. But what I will ask you is about one of the things that makes you unique amongst our little group here. You actually have a law degree. Can you tell us about that? What's that all about? What's that all about? So yes, I do. I graduated from uh, University of Maryland Law School. That was a few years, a couple years after I got my master's uh, from Syracuse. Um, But I was really looking to combine my sports background with my legal education to, to possibly get into sports law or sports agency at some point down the road. So that was kind of my thought process while I was applying to law school. And then as far as the game recaps is concerned, that's kind of a lot of my experience while I was in my in my grad program um, was doing game recaps, player profiles, kind of character stories about, like I said, the SU men's soccer team. So that's kind of kind of a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I was doing during my grad program as well as my and then the law degree after the fact. So once you got into you said that was your thought process as you applied to law school. Once you got into it and you got through it, is that still something you want to do? Are you still looking at being a sports agent or have you pivoted away from that a little bit? So I, I mean, I pivot, pivoted away from that slightly, but I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself open-minded and keep myself kind of, that, that might be a possibility down the road. So I'm definitely not ruling it out. I know that I have these multiple degrees. I was, I used to be a, or I, what I say is I used to be a professional student. Um, so yeah, I like to think that it gave me some skills and kind of gave me some, uh, Kind of like Matt said, I like to see myself as kind of jack of all trades. So yeah, I'm keeping my options open, staying open-minded, but kind of sports has always been my number one passion, football kind of especially. So that's kind of, I'm still looking to ways to kind of merge all those things together. If if any athletes are listening, Dave, Dave is, he's available. Just call him up. <laughs> there you go. Shameless self-promotion is no problem for me either. So. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I very much appreciate it. Before we get out of here, I want to throw it to each one of you to let our listeners know where they can find you, whether it be social media or where they can find your articles. Usaid, what about you? Twitter handle, writing, what you got? Yes, you guys can actually follow me on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Usaid Koshal. So football coverage is kind of all over the place, just reporting on anything and everything. Um, You can check out my work on the Bear Report. I will most likely have daily stories dropping regarding training camp and then just the work that I do on um, Gridiron Heroics. So it's going to be a uh, fun season with you guys. I'm certainly excited for it all. Me too. Matt, what about you? Where can people find you? And again, this is a perfect opportunity for you to mention your other podcasts again, if you like. Oh, sorry. I mentioned them earlier because I was so excited about them. I I love talking. Like, I just love talking. (laughs) It's great. Um, So yeah, as I mentioned before, Beers and Ears, a Disney podcast, Discontinued on Display, a Discontinued Things podcast. You can find those wherever you get podcasts. Um, my passion project is uh, sorcerernetwork.com. It is a website that I myself am building of pop culture things that I like. 
it's in its very infant stages, but you can check that out. Um, I also do some live streaming on Twitch. So Sorcerer Matt on there. So twitch.tv slash Sorcerer Matt and on Twitter at Sorcerer Matt. That's where I'm most active. So you can find me there. Right on. And Dave, what about you? Where can the good people find you? Yes. So you guys can uh, find me on Twitter if you want. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Dave Guberman. Um, all my stories and content uh, is probably going to be on there as well as on uh, Gridiron Heroics. Um, I'm in the works of working on a, a story this week on the curious case of Lamar Jackson to dive into the, into those contract negotiations and kind of um, what the quarterback market looks like at this point, especially after the Kyler Murray deal the other day, yesterday. So yeah, that's kind of where you can find me. Probably going to be posting as, as much as I'm, I'm able to. But yeah, I'm looking forward to get to getting it going. Um, I'm a little upset that I wasn't included in the uh, the fantasy uh, football part of the conversation, but there's always there's always next time, and then hopefully we can get a little virtual uh, boxing match going between you say it and Matt with these Packers and Bears rivalry we got. <laughs> all right, guys, I will see you all very very soon for the next episode. It's dropping in a matter of two days, so stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. And we will be talking about the NFC East. So after a brief news tidbits section, we will be talking about the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Commanders with a whole host of Gridiron Heroics writers and some other guests, which I'll tease for you right now. Thank you so much, and we will see you all very soon.